come with us. Into the wild wood. And find the magic within. Welcome fellow travelers into the Wildwood. This is a pagan podcast with myself, Lee Johnson, and we have Rev Kai. I'm just going to do that. There we go. <laughs> yes, I'm on both yeah. sides. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Over uh, there. Over there. All right. Over Elsewhere. There. <laughs> All right, so we do only have an hour show today. Um, so we're going to log off to five minutes before the next hour. So we're going to try and get through everything as quickly as possible. Um, if you have not checked out the links in, link in the description, please do so. You can go to our website, you can go to our Discord server and have a chat, or you can go to our Facebook group and have a chat there as well. All right. Absolutely. So I think Let's get straight into it. Oh, hello, Schrodinger's cats, Poppamies, Yolanda's here. Hello, thanks for joining us. Hello, hello. And uh, it's the forecast for April today, so I'm just going to let yep. Kai take it away. So, um, the big story today is that we uh, have an eclipse this month, um, and. It is the 20th, probably, uh, for, it depends on where you are, of course. It's the 20th at 4.29 a.m. GMT. Oop, that was the wrong line. Great start, 4.12 a.m. GMT. <laughs> so, um, we've got a few other things happening in April, but this is the second new moon in Aries. It's an eclipse in a new sign. Uh, we have had the Taurus Libra eclipses. Now we're going to have, um, or not Taurus Libra, Taurus Scorpio eclipses. Now we're going to have some Aries Libra eclipses. And so whenever we have the eclipses move into a new sign, we enter a new eclipse season. And the topics in our life that are in flux change. So um, I want to start with the eclipse, even though it's in the middle of the month because it's so important and it's so pivotal and it colors everything else we're talking about. So here first is the path of the eclipse. Um, it's visible through most of Australia and the Philippines and all of the islands down there. But um, everywhere else in the world, is not going to get it. So just that that little area, you can see the path that's shown. And then I'll play the little animation again. It says it's, it's so cool. You can actually see why it's this weird path. So if you are in an area where you get to actually see the eclipse, uh, astrologically speaking, it's definitely going to have a bigger effect than if you're in an area where you can't see the eclipse. But no matter where you are, it's an eclipse. <laughs> so it's a big deal. Um, and it's a big deal that it is happening 
right there at the 29th degree, the critical degree of Aries, the last second of Aries. We rarely, rarely, rarely get two lunations in Aries. Um, it's a sign of uh, straight ascension while in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and it, it goes quickly. Planets move through Aries quicker than they move through other areas of the Zodiac. And, and it's complex to explain that, but it's not all even. So this double uh, lunation, new moon, two new moons in Aries, co coinciding, of course, with the uh, equinox when the sun is in Aries, and then having one of them be an eclipse as the nodes are changing signs. And you will notice the nodes have not actually changed signs yet um, because they have uh, quite a large orb for how eclipses work between the sun and the moon because the sun and the moon are big in the sky. So um, they're going to officially change signs, but we're much more concerned with the eclipse with what's happening. Now, Jupiter is super close to the eclipse too. In fact, Jupiter is already under the beams um, in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, it's probably under in the Southern Hemisphere, but going to emerge as a morning star sooner because it has to do again with ascensional times and how fast things are rising and setting. And that is really variable depending upon where you are on the earth. But um, it is the same length of time uh, for under the beams, about 40 days, uh, that Jupiter disappears and dissolves into the sun and then is reborn as a morning star afterwards. And that's the new um, Jupiter synodic cycle that restarts. And Jupiter is the planet of hope and generosity. It's also the protective planet. Um, it is concerned with governance and ideas like justice and fairness and equality and, and all of those sorts of things. So when Jupiter disappears, we are unable to access the planet of hope. So this is, um, April is very much colored by this. Uh, and the feelings that will go along with that. And then we have the Jupiter Kazemi, which happens on the 11th. So I'll go back here to the 11th. And this is where the Sun and Jupiter line up perfectly. Kazemi is, is crowned, is in the heart of. So um, for planets that are in front of the Sun, Mercury and Venus, we talk about, you know, it creates the, the halo, the solar rays around it. It crowns it and makes it regal, just like the sun, who has that regal quality. But Jupiter, of course, is not between us and the sun, or we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but this Kazemi on the 11th is just amazing, amazing, amazing kinds of energy because we get the 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 greater benefic, the planet of wonderful gifts and generosity and all of these things, justice and wonderfulness and all all of that sort of stuff, aligned with the sun, crowned by the sun, channeled through the sun, which is you know that regal bearing, that sense of self that is in perfection, um, that understanding of who we are, so. Highly, highly, highly recommend that all slightly magically minded people and more take advantage of a Jupiter Kazemi in Aries.
Um, on the 11th. On the 11th. Let me grab. That's just after the full moon. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 numbers 47. Nope. 2207 GMT. So um, this is this is a time to take any kind of action that you want to manifest good things. Like it's so applicable to everything. It, it's just a wonderful time. And the thing is, you've got Jupiter's pretty big. So you've got like a six hour window there with 2207 GMT center. That really is like the most very, very, very good. And Kazimis, you really do want to nail time wise. Um, they're worth getting up in the middle of the night for. Uh, because either side of a Kazemi is combustion, where the planet is burnt up and not only can't act, but does things poorly. And then outside of that, onion layer of time is under the beams, where it's just invisible, inaccessible. Um, it's not that it does things poorly. It's not that, um, you know, things go bad. It's just that it's not there. So, <clears throat> and like I said, when exactly the under the beams changes is dependent upon your location on Earth, but the Kazemi is the same time for everyone. So um, the idea is that the blessings kind of pop up at random times um, when you compare to other people because it's all dependent upon where you are in the Earth and compared to your natal chart. Um, solar energies especially are, are connected to our natal charts, enter through our natal charts. So that's going to, to have an effect on those um, big effects of the sun, like under the beams. But anyways, so we've got that in mind. So we've got the, the Jupiter Kazemi, that's going to happen on the 11th. And then we've got the eclipse that's going to happen on the 20th. Now, Mercury is involved in this story too. So right after the eclipse, Mercury goes retrograde in Taurus. So we get all this, this new, this change energy. We get into a new slipstream with the, uh, the eclipses. And eclipses rarely manifest their things when they happen. Eclipses usually like kick off the domino blocks and you see it in the next 10, 20 days. Because you almost need the pair to, to actually move things forward. So we'll have this one and then we'll have um, the full moon, the lunar eclipse in the beginning of May. So pay attention to this eclipse degree. I don't use it for magic. Just don't do magic on eclipses of the mess. And, um, but pay attention to what goes on, what you notice, that sort of thing. So right after the eclipse, Mercury goes retrograde in Taurus. And then we've got, of course, a three-week period of Mercury retrograde to deal with. Now, almost all of the month, Mercury is in retrograde because Mercury goes into Taurus on the third. And Mercury is going to be, well, the moon does it the day before the moon moves into Virgo and tells us the new Earth story. But Mercury going into Taurus really tells us what the new Earth energy is going to be. For the last mm, two and a half years, our Earth energy has involved 
Uranus destabilizing things and the eclipses happening there because of Taurus, right? So we've had this heavy emphasis there that Taurus things are falling apart. Mercury is coming to fix that. Mercury is currently the herald of the sun moving before the sun. And so we're going to get that retrograde at the farthest point where he turns around and heads back to the sun. And this is the time for course correction and all of these Taurus things that Uranus has come by and just ripped up and been like, change that, change that, adapt, change that. Um, this Mercury retrograde is just primed for that, especially on the heels of an eclipse. So this is a Mercury retrograde where um, I do not think you should be going, ah, it's Mercury retrograde. Ah, ah. You should be going, yes, somebody who will help me go back over and figure out how in the world to deal with all of this disruption. Um, and again, I highly recommend if you're a magical person, you plan for and take advantage of that. Because um, this arrangement is uniquely set up to be a handy arrangement for I need to go back and really figure out what happened with all of this stuff. You know, where are things now? I know I've talked in the past couple of uh, things about assessments, but everybody can tell by now that we have shifted, right? We're in a, a new kind of feeling. And part of that is Pluto is in Aquarius, going to be there till June. We're going to preview. It's very important to know that Pluto is going back into Capricorn. We've still got another year ish of time for Pluto to be in Capricorn before it's done and stays in Aquarius retrograde wise. So, but Pluto being right there at the zero degree of a sign sets up this ping ping every time anybody changes signs. So we've got this energy of change signs. Yay, new thing. And then Pluto is immediately there at the door going. society, power, everything says no. And then a few degrees later, Saturn is in Pisces saying, here's all your responsibilities. Here's the pile of crap you need to do in this sign. So just be aware <laughs> that every sign change until June comes with this. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're not on the smooth road anymore. You're on the road with speed bumps. And it's going to be bumpy. And so that means slow way down. All this Aries energy, all of this eclipse energy, all of this go, 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 go. And there's no Jupiter to be like, hey, honey, use a break. So just about, just about to say all, this, all the South Africans are going, oh, that's fine. We deal with potholes on the road every day. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go over them at 90 miles an hour, you go airborne and out of control. Yeah, but we know how to avoid them. This is fossil country. <laughs> so, so there's another thing. If you've been here before, you know what to expect. Mm. Saturn in Pisces was 94, 95, somewhere around there. So that's a good piece of the financial story. Of course, none of us have lived through Pluto in Aquarius. Mm. But um, Jupiter in Aries is 12 years ago. 
So that's, uh, let's see, 2013. No, that's 10 years ago, 2011. Right? So we can put some pieces together. We can, we can figure out what things are like. You know, we can look back at things. But, um, and then we can avoid some of those potential potholes. We can avoid some of those things. But we also got to recognize that Uranus has been through there. There have been, you know, lightning strikes and there have been disruptions. There have been deregulations. There have been failures of electricity and, and structures and all sorts of things. And Uranus is not done in Taurus, but we're more than halfway through. And Mercury's going to come along and survey the damage, <laughs> you know, and help us figure out what's the new route. How do we get around through here? Do we need to make repairs? Do we just avoid this whole area now? You know, that sort of stuff. So um, take advantage of that. Really take advantage of that. Um, because if you just go forward without knowing where and what and, and why, you're not going to have a, a good time. You're going to hit all the potholes. You're going to go airborne and out of control. Um, April comes with a lot of potential for physical accidents. Mars in Cancer, Uranus in Taurus. Uh, you know, we'll have the Mercury retrograde while Venus moves into Gemini. Jupiter is, is under the beams all month. <laughs> there, there's a lot of travel-related um, accidents quite possible. So it's not a void thing. Bubble rub. Mm. Well, it's not that kind of thing. It's just just pay attention. Keep your eyes mm. open. You know, if it looks like it's not going to be safe, probably not. Mm. You know, if you get that gut feeling that says, hey, don't do this, listen. <laughs> There's just a lot of opportunities for accidents and problems and, and that sort of thing. Not big like, ah, but still. Okay. So, trying to go quickly since we've only got an hour today. April 1st, not a lot happens. <laughs> like, the moon in Leo squares Venus. Yeah, okay. Um, not a big deal. Then the moon moves into Virgo on the 2nd. And we get, we see the Earth pattern again. So immediately going to make um, a trine to Pluto out of sign. Or no, a square to Pluto and an opposition to Saturn. A square to Pluto is going to start the story of the Mercury journey this month. Uh, because Mercury is in charge of Virgo. So it kind of touches this off. Um, Mercury is making a square to Pluto on the 3rd, right after entering Taurus. Right? So it's the same story echoing. Um, and I'm going to go ahead to the 3rd. Uh, this is um, feels like stability. Mercury was in hell through Pisces. It was burnt up through most of Aries, and we're in a fixed Earth sign. Yeah, feels like really good stability. Um, but this square to Pluto immediately challenges that and says, what do you really think? You know, what are your really deep, deep 
ideas because that's what Pluto gets to. They're really deep stuff. And um, what are you, what are you standing on, really? And is that going to carry you forward, or have those things changed? I was just um, talking the other day that I learned that the uh, hemispheric theory of the brain, that we have two hemispheres, we're right-brained, we're left-brained, and they do different things, has been debunked. Turns out, oh. nope, that's not true. So there's one of those pieces, you know, core pieces of how I understood the world and myself that I need to re-examine and um, challenge. So that's going to be this color, this Mercury story. And it's going to come up anytime the moon goes through an earth sign because of that. So all month, those earth signs are going to kind of bring that forward. Okay. And then we've got uh, Mercury sextile uh, Saturn on the 5th. And again, it just reinforces that, hey, there's some responsibilities you need to think about. Um, you know, you need to be stable. You've got this and this to care for, that sort of thing. And we're going to hear that story again and again and again and again and again through the month because of the, the various configurations and when it's getting triggered. So when you get hit with that, you know, what do you really think? Is this actually serving you? Here's this thing that you thought you were standing on that it turns out, nope. And then responsibilities, reality, you know, the, the concreteness of living in a structure and in a body and dealing with that. It's just going to click by every time a planet goes into a new sign, including the moon. It's going to be a slightly different take on it because the aspects are a little different idea, but we're still poking at those ideas again and again and again. All right, then we get to the full moon. And this full moon is a beautiful, beautiful full moon. Um, Jupiter is there. Chiron is conjunct the sun. Uh, we can't see either one of them because of the aura of the sun. Vesta is there still at the end of Aries. Aries is there too, but, um, you know, it's a really nice configuration for healing. Spiritual, physical, emotional, whatever, healing, especially with someone else. Because this is an Aries Libra axis that is all about the self and the other, finding ourselves through other people, being able to find one-on-one um, -on -one connections and relationships and balance. Um, this is also wonderful for tempering and balancing. And, uh, you know, just leveling everything out, if that's the kind of healing you're going for. A moon in Libra will always help with that. And you can see how the chart just kind of is, everything's on the other side and points towards the moon. So there is that strong foundation in the self and in the fixed earth. And then that point in the other, that point in the balance and the relationship and the equity in the uh, togetherness. And then, um, oh, time. 6.29 a.m. GMT. Nope. God, I can't read the right line. I've got to change how I write these. 4.34 a.m. on the 6th is the full moon. Okay, I'm, I'm going to use 
little piece of paper. So I stopped reading the line below. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've got the full moon. The next day um, at 1758, we have Venus sextile Neptune. Um, and with uh, Venus right there at the end of Taurus, this is a really nice bring dreams into reality. Um, manifest things of our uh, fantasies and desires. And so right there with the full moon, you could grab that full moon energy on Thursday. You could kind of wait a little bit and grab this energy. They merge into each other, of course. Um, but you've kind of got, because of that, you've kind of got the whole weekend. It pulls that that out a little bit for manifesting, bringing things um, from your dream world, from the astral world, from where we work as magicians into fixed earth, into that nice reality. But it's got to be done in Venusian ways. So through the senses, um, through pleasurable things, anything, you know, smell, taste, touch, sight, sound. So if you want to work with that, it's a nice uh, flow through there. There is, of course, on Saturday right there, the sun will sesqu square, um, or square and a half. No, half square. Saturn, so it's another one of those deal with reality and facts. You just, you got to keep up on your responsibilities because Saturn is just right at the beginning of the sign to ping everybody and say, hey, 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 do the thing. Do the thing. So. Wonderful full moon uh, for working. Um, just remember that Jupiter is not there right now. So you can tap into that healing. You can tap into that abundance from the self. But there's not going to be that protective influence in the process. That's really what I feel like is the hardest to access when Jupiter is, is under the base. All right, so not a lot happens Sunday, Monday. <laughs> there's not a there's not just like aspect after aspect after aspect like we had in March. Thank the gods, right? <laughs> so the eleventh is when we have the Sun uh, Jupiter Kazemi. It's also when Venus enters Gemini. So Venus goes into Gemini at four forty seven a.m. and then. The moon moves into Capricorn at 5.33. Venus immediately squares Pluto the same day. Sorry, trines Pluto the same day. Um, and so we get an air trine there. We get to think about things. Um, and then we have the Kazi at 22.07 on the 11th. So now the bad side of this um, Jupiter heaviness over here in this Kazemi could very much be uh, martyr type actions or um, un, uh, unneeded savior type stuff because uh, that full moon was really the focus on the other and Mars is in Cancer. So uh, what protection we do have is that Mars in Cancer. It's defensive. It's protecting uh, what we want, uh, who we care about, family, friends, that sort of thing. So just, you know, pay attention to that tendency. Uh, try not to go down the dark road, uh, as they say. Uh, 
because the sun is so exalted in Aries, everything's pointed to the sun. Everything likes the sun. It's burning all sorts of stuff up. It's really easy to get self-centered and get into that. So stay centered in your healthy sense of self instead of, you know, getting self-centered. And then um, on the 14th, Venus is going to get far enough along to square Saturn. And again, it's the same story. Now all of these um, pleasurable, uh, sensate things in your life, things that you love, things that make, you know, things that make you happy, like a good piece of cake, a cup of hot chocolate. Um, they're challenged by the structures of, of reality and responsibility. So um, it, this is a time. <laughs> it might not come for your hot chocolate. <laughs> when this comes around, you want to, you know, a couple days before this really gets here and grinding because Saturn really appreciates it when you work ahead. If you show up and you've already read the chapter, it's like, cool, here's a So um, the 13th, make sure your bills are paid. Make sure, you know, you've done the grocery shopping. Just those mundane things that you need to uh, be routine, to take care of your life. Um, and especially any government structure type things um, in the U.S. This is the day before taxes are due. Um, but just dot your, your I's, cross your T's, <laughs> you know, all those sorts of things. And it won't be a problem because this challenge will come up. You will have met it and things will be fine. This is just the time where those things are going to be challenged somehow. And we've had so much so much damn disruption in Taurus and all of these things that Venus provides to us that one more is going to make us all be like, ah! you know, but <laughs> so be a little prepared. It'll be easier through the middle of the month. And then really it's fairly quiet until we get to the eclipse. So the eclipse, this is, this is everything. Um, the eclipse is happening uh, with Uranus still co-present there. It's not super close to the eclipse, but it's in the sign. Um, and it's going to be immediately triggered when Mercury crosses or, or conjoins Uranus, goes past, retrogrades come back. So what the... The reconfiguring of thoughts, the sudden change, the, the shocking news, um, the shocking message, it's Mercury, the um, electric nature of things. Don't mess with electricity if you don't know what you're doing this month, especially when Mercury retrograde and Uranus are conjoined. <laughs> um, we're going to think that's the eclipse, but it's this Mercury-Uranus thing. The eclipse thing is the other half of the battery needs the other lunation and then has to actually like come through eclipses are those divided and i always think of it like they take that full fortnight that full two weeks to activate instead of like a transit that happens at a moment i can give you an hour and a minute for a transit right mm. but the eclipse really is start two weeks finish as a moment so they're a little slower and they're 
their different idea of time. So that crazy um, grinding halt and, and stuff that's going to be felt uh, and the, the boiling over. I mean, Uranus is very much electric and, and it's heat. And so that can really bring us sudden changes, but it's not the eclipse and it's not over. It's just Mercury retrograde, <laughs> pre-Mercury retrograde. Um, so the eclipse is probably going to have um, an energy boost to it. I mean, it's in Aries. Um, it's got all of this energy stuff associated with it. It's so bloody fast. So the eclipse actually happens at 412. The moon goes into Taurus at 429. The moon squares Pluto at 504. And then the moon sextiles Saturn at 1230. All in one day. Mm. <laughs> so it's going to really, really feel like something. And the sun goes into Taurus the same day at 813. So they make this connection. And then they're just like, boom, bye. Into a new sign. <laughs> so... And the eclipse. Whoops. Some popcorn is going, but. Um, I'm yeah, the eclipse is going to hit off that Pluto Saturn kachunk chunk because both of those planets are immediately going into another sign within the same day, within 10 hours. I mean, that's fast. So. They're both going to make a um, square to Pluto and a sextile to Saturn. So uh, power structures, and you're, you're going to get some new ideas and some new energy with that wonderful Aries eclipse and immediately be slapped in the face with the wall says no. And then moments later, oh yeah, but here are these... Um, structures and things in place to support you because it's a sextile from Saturn. So don't get discouraged what happens. Um, and this, because this is part of an eclipse, again, that kachunk kachunk may be in three or four weeks. So you may get the new idea there in this two week activation time. But you don't hit the walls until later. So I'm warning now that the walls are not as strong as you think they are <laughs> when you hit them. Because in just a little bit, Saturn's going to come along with some support. And we don't usually think of a malefic like Saturn, the greater malefic, being supportive. Especially when the greater benefic is not visible, right? So that's one of those things you have to have a different perspective. You have to work with it. You have to look at it. It's not going to seem like this is a supportive, useful opportunity thing. But it is. So look around for it. Pay attention to it. Um, again, it's going to be very much a month of look at things differently. Yeah, seems like you a know. bit of a deceiving month. Yeah. It, it's not nearly as busy and crazy as March was. Um, and, and overall, I think if you work through the pieces, you know, and um, keep yourself centered, not 
self-centered, but centered in yourself, this can really be an amazing month for healing. Mm. There's a lot of actual supporting healing, not just, oh, benefics and the laying on of hands, but like, go look over your actions. Go think about your past. Deal with the emotional grief. You know, pay attention to what is happening now. Reassess your, your surroundings. I mean, when we work through grief, when we w work through severe trauma, these are really many of the steps along the way mm. that we don't necessarily think of as, as the good healing thing. We think of the ter therapy and, and the actions, but this is all the inward stuff. This is all the readjustment of the mindset, reorganizing the energy body so that you're no longer running in those cycles of pain and destruction. You're in a new spot now. The pain has happened, the destruction has happened, the disruption has happened, and it has changed you and the landscape and everyone else. And now it's time to figure out what that is and decide how you're going to move forward. And this month really has a lot of aspects to support that. Um, but a lot of people don't want to do the work. So it, it can really be a touchy month, a lot of chaos, because, you know, when, when you're in pain and you've decided you don't want to deal with it or you can't deal with it, it takes resources to deal with pain, it takes resources to deal with grief. Um, and it's not always the time to do that. But when you've decided for whatever reason that you're not going to deal with it and it just keeps getting shoved in your face, <laughs> we, mm. most of us are not uh, great at reacting to that. Mm. You know, we don't tend to be like, oh, wonderful, more work. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those opportunities are very much here this month. I highly recommend you take advantage of them. I highly recommend you take advantage of that. Jupiter uh, Kazemi, because you can manifest a bunch of stuff. Again, it's a teeny little window, um, but it's a teeny little window in the middle of a time that seems without hope. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, use this constructive Mercury retrograde and use the malefics. Um, I mean, that's been the story of the Saturn through Capricorn and Aquarius, hasn't it? Figure out how to work with malefics in power. And now's the time to like put those skills to, to use to apply them. All right. That's all for, for what's happening in April, really, after the eclipse and the, the retrograde and the everything on the 20th and the 21st. There's like nothing <laughs> significant. I mean, there's still stuff happening, of course, but. Um, after that, <laughs> you know, after the, the bomb goes off down the street, you're like, yeah, mariachi band, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. um, all right. So we had a question from Papa Mies. Um Does it mean something if your planets in the chart is on the upper lower part? Mm -hmm. So there are, there are quadrants and hemispheres in a chart. And the bottom half of the chart, houses one through six, are about our understanding of the world as an individual. It's our internal world and what we're doing internally. The reflection of that, the upper half of the chart, 
is all of those same understandings, but with other people, through other people. So like the first house is the self, us, our sense of who we are. The seventh house is the other, the other person, how we understand other people in a one-on-one -on -one way and how we relate to them and all of those relationships and everything. And that pairing happens across that horizontal line. So if you have a bunch of planets in the top half of your chart, you tend to be an outward processing person. You tend to relate with other people. Um, you don't always necessarily find energy there, but you're processing your understanding of these many large topics generally involves other people. Whereas if you have a lot of planets on the bottom side, you tend to be one of those inner quiet people. You're processing an understanding of how things work happens inside. You don't need to talk to other people about it. Um, you don't really have um, that conception of other people in your understanding of those concepts. And there's no value judgment in either one of those because it takes all kinds, right? We need all of that balance in our life. And, you know, there are, there are many, many, many different ways to divide the chart. So houses is one of them. Hemispheres is another. Quadrants is another. We're just finer and finer and finer rays down to degrees. There's 360 of those. So there's lots of different ways to divide the chart. But those big generalizations, they also depend a lot upon um, which planets are where in the rulership scheme. You might have a ton of planets in, say, the 11th, 10th, and 9th houses, but they're all ruled by one planet that's in the 4th on the IC. Now, one planet has more power because it's angular and, and all sorts of things. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Yes, a preponderance of planets in one place does have some signification, but when it gets down to the nitty gritty, charts are really complex. Well, if anybody else has got a question, we've still got about 15 minutes left, so throw your questions in the chat. I do want to say when you're looking at your own chart for this coming month, um, focus on the house where Aries is because this is going to be the place of transformation in your life this year mm. um, with the eclipses starting off here. And of course, Libra is going to be involved in that, but Libra doesn't get the big heavy emphasis at the first with this double lunation and, and everything else happening there especially the scenario story. So whatever that is in your chart, um, that's going to be mindful of things and pay attention. And then Aquarius and Pisces are where Pluto and Saturn are doing new things. Those areas are starting to change also. So um, they're, they're going to be reforming. Pluto, not so much. It's a 20-year story. Um, but because we're hitting that zero degree bump, it's a little more noticeable right now. But Pluto is very much previewing things, giving you a pop quiz that prepares you for the exam and so much affecting change right now. That makes sense. Think so. Hope so. Um, Solomon's son said, can you, or asked, can you provide more insight about Saturn in retrograde in the first house? Pisces for me 
I often read about lifelong illnesses and traumas associated with it, but this doesn't fit my experience. Well, so um, here's the thing about singular point delineations, which is like Saturn in retrograde in the first house, in isolation from the rest of your chart, um, or, or in Pisces even, which sets up a house scheme. They're going to be the worst possible scenario because they are the extreme manifestation without any um, mitigating factors or anything to support it to know what else is going on. Is Saturn in charge of a benefic that provides good resources? You know, what's in Aquarius and uh, Capricorn? What degree is Saturn at? Is that is it making or receiving any aspects? Um, how far along is it in its retrograde cycle? That matters. You know, where is in a synodic cycle to the sun? Uh, what is your sect light? And how is that acting towards the first house? Those are all mitigating conditions that go into interpreting Saturn retrograde in Pisces in the first house um, that aren't included in a singular point delineation. So if nothing else is going on, um, yeah, Saturn retrograde in Pisces can really bring, you know, some some long illnesses. But without a picture of the entire chart, you're never going to get an accurate delineation through those single point things. Because there's a bunch of complexity going on there. There's an interrelationship and, and an interplay and that sort of thing. And if you go on... Um, astrology boards and stuff like that where they allow free readings you'll see most of them are very very strict about you must post an entire chart because um those single point delineations are really difficult so i really can't provide you additional insight because it it has to come from your entire chart and you're rarely rarely going to find um those single point delineations that match up with your experience because no one has that experience. No one has the isolation of only Saturn, only in retrograde, only in the first house and no other planets that doesn't exist, you know? Um, so those are always pieces that are starting blocks that will be modified in a reading. And that's why they never make sense. And it's, it's often a thing I find people use to try to disprove astrology and I always kind of chuckle like you, yeah. <laughs> that's not really how astrology works. It's like saying you don't have an alphabet because all I found was this letter A. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> we have a whole language. <laughs> so. So I'm something to say uh, that makes way more sense. So obviously it made sense. All right. Uh, I can't believe we we got through the month in less than an hour. Yeah, that's the problem when when we we we're not in a rush. It goes on for two hours, and it could go on for longer. But you know, if we try and cram everything in, and now done before the time. <laughs> well, I edited and edited to make sure that I hit mm. the most important things first, and but also. It's a. It's really nice to have kind of a quiet time. <laughs> I mean, it's not quiet. It's just not as disruptive. 
mm-hmm. as things have felt lately astrologically. And I think that's, I think that's helpful to have some, it, it's very much inner processing time. You know, mm-hmm. that's what the support is there for. So I'm happy for that. And I'm, I'm happy to not be um, the weather forecaster in hurricane season. Because that's what it's felt like. <laughs> <laughs> um, Realm of Dolrovia uh, said, first of all, thank you both so much for making this community available. As a lone witch in the deep south, this access is so valuable to me. Uh, that's a pleasure. My, for my question, is there a day, a time you would recommend for me to extinguish my last cigarette? Hmm. Well, since that's, you know, a habit, I'd tie it to a good uh, moon separation. A first quarter moon is a really good time for that um, because it's a time of leaving things behind. Uh, But we are already past that, I think. Yeah. So um, another time. That wouldn't really work. You'd need. No, that's a bad void, of course. Oh, you could do it um, when the moon enters Aquarius and conjoins Pluto. That put a severe nail in that coffin. That is on uh, the 13th at uh, 8.42 p.m. GMT. So, and you've got a good... mm, Five hours after that, um, that is still that energy because the moon hasn't moved on yet. So that's when I would recommend that. Of course, I don't know what your chart is. Um, I'm just going on moon movements because the moon is a significator of our habits, our daily habits, especially things that we crave and feel like we need because uh, the moon is our needs. So I'd say quitting smoking would fit that. Cool. Right, talk about communities. Um, not sure if you're on the Wildwood Temple uh, Discord server or Facebook groups. Okay. If you want to join the chats over there and keep asking questions and join in other chats, uh, you know, go join there as well. Links are in the description. Go to the link tree and you'll find everything there. Uh, Realm of Dol Ravia said thank you. Okay. Oh, I should mention Mars is still out of bounds all month, even though he's finally not in Gemini. Oh my longest Gemini cycle ever. Um but he's out of bounds all month. He doesn't go back in bounds until uh May fifth, I believe. So all this airy stuff is still controlled by an out of bounds Mars. So there's still a lot of potential for out-of-the-norm reactions, flying off the handle, exploding in anger, that sort of thing. But now it's in Cancer. When it was in Gemini, it was much more likely to be words and that sort of thing. But Cancer is much more likely to be protective, in, in defensive, that sort of thing. So we've still got that volatile Aries energy happening. Um, 
you know, I do try to always focus on what we can do and how we can make things better, but there is very much um, the potential for violence uh, in these charts. Uh, so stay aware, pay attention to your surroundings, pay attention to what's happening, pay attention to your feelings and your gut and, and stay safe as you navigate all of this. Okay. Uh, what are we doing next week? If um, it looks, bird shedding is looking positive, so uh, hopefully we won't have any. If we do have load shedding, or if I do have load shedding next week, what we'll do is we'll upload to one of our pre-recorded. Uh, it'll be about energy. Uh, that was our follow the white rabbit. So, energy. Yeah, we had a very good discussion about. That energy. was a good one. Yeah. Um, but if we're doing a live, uh, we have gender on the list for next week. Do you want to do that? Okay. If we're doing a live, I don't know. I don't know. It's right on the full moon, and and when Mercury goes into its pre-shadow retrograde period. Since I just looked at the astrology. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we'll let you know. There you go. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't actually decide. We're supposed to do that before we go live. Um, but uh, we were yakking. So. It's such touch and go lately. Don't know if it's load shedding and then you've got to throw a, a pre recorded in there. And so annoying. Yeah. 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 But we're always happy to take suggestions also if there's mm -hmm. something you'd like us to do a show on or if you just have a question that may spark a whole show. You know, sometimes that's the way that goes. Mm -hmm. um, we could bump up and do our astrology versus numerology that came out of the advice for the new witch. Yeah, that was that's a good the, question. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the next one. Like I said, we're supposed to go in and look at these options and decide between them, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty people. Well, uh, we'll let you know what's going on. Um, so just watch out for... Well, we'll, we'll announce it in the Discord or the, the Facebook group or on the um, community chat on YouTube. So it'll be somewhere. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we bring Solemn Center. Thank you both. Wonderful episode, as always. Uh, that would be cool. That would be cool. Okay, Solemn Center, that would be cool. I'm not sure which one would be cool, because I've now given you about 10 different options. So. <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's wrap up today. Oh, and we'll, since yeah. we're talking about astrology, I'm still doing daily posts on my RevKai Facebook page. Um, if you want a little more in depth, I try to look at, you know, what's going on day by day. So yeah. if you're interested in that, pop over there and follow. They are excellent posts. Uh, all of them. There we go. So <laughs> all of the ideas. We will get yeah. to all of them eventually, yes. No. Next <laughs> week we are doing everything. Okay. <laughs> Hope you don't have load shedding, because that's gonna be a long show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, be one of those uh, how long can you keep the stream going things I've actually seen some people just carry on with the stream and it's actually brilliant because they just put a little advert at the top of the chat which is pinned there and it's just 
meditation music playing in the background. It's been going on for months. It hasn't stopped. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining, and thank you for the chat. And uh, check out the links, and we'll see you next week. Thank you all for being here. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us in the Wildwood. Meet us again next week for another episode. And don't forget to check out our website at intothewildwood.com. That's Wildwood with a Y. And if you would like to support us, you can leave a donation on the website.